King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we pray that you would meet us where we are, and Lord, that you would touch every heart and every life this morning. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. You can go ahead and you can be seated this morning in the presence of God. How many are happy to be in the house of God on Easter morning? Um, there's something about the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord, um, and two billion people around the planet are now uh, joining with us in celebrating his power and what he's done in, in resurrection. But the significance of uh, appreciating what he's done in resurrection only comes when we understand the depth of the pain that he went through. Uh, Good Friday, we didn't have a Good Friday service, but uh, services around this island and around the world celebrated Good Friday as the, uh, the day that Jesus Christ was crucified and he was buried. Uh, three days later, he rose again. And um, in the story of the crucifixion, it was a totally unexpected tragedy because he walked into Jerusalem and everybody, they were throwing their garments down and, and worshiping him and praising him. And everybody thought that he was going to be king, but instead of being king, they crucified him three days later. It was unexpected tragedy. He was unjustly accused. How many of you have experienced unexpected tragedy or have been unjustly accused in these past two years of, of COVID? Anybody? Um, unjustly accused and then socially shamed. He was socially shamed in front of uh, everyone. He was stripped naked and then, and then physically physically. The pain that he endured was beyond what we could understand. The disciples that followed him, their dreams were shattered because they left everything to follow him, thinking that he was going to be uh, the next king and the next ruler, and instead of that, they're watching their savior be crucified. And, and the, the greatest pain of all was seeing somebody that they loved being hurt and, and experiencing death. And, and it's in the context of that, that the greatest pain, the greatest suffering that anyone has ever experienced, we celebrate Easter because he didn't stay in the grave, amen? And after the third day, he rose again. And how does that apply to our lives? Um, I want to I read Romans 8.11. If we could ro read Romans 8.11, if you could throw that up, and let's read this together at the count of three. One, two, three. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Um, this week has been a very heavy week for our church. Uh, we had, we had um, the celebration of life of Angie uh, this past yesterday, and his family's here. Could you guys give a hand to Angie's family, to Tony? And, um, and then the, the night before the funeral, uh, one of the guys in my small group um, passed away. If you've read in the news of the drunk driver that hit a jogger on the road, that was Chris McLeod. Uh, he was a member of our small group, faithfully attended for two years, and um, we were at his house um, the night that 
he didn't come home, explained it to his kids that they would never see his father again. And, and we're, we see tragedy. We've seen tragedy uh, th this past year, but also, um, you know, in the past two years, there's been so much suffering and so much pain, but in that, there is a hope. In that, there is a hope of the resurrection. And it's in the pain and it's in the suffering where Jesus meets us. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever had a, a kid that you've taken to get their first shot? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've experienced that. The first time that I took my daughter, Alexis, to get her shots, it was pretty, how many of you cried when you saw your kid crying? And they see the needle going into their arm and the horror on their face because they see this sharp object going into their shoulder. And you as a parent, you see the fear on their face and then the pain as it's going in and they're like, mom, dad. You know, they cry for their mom. They don't cry for their dad. They don't care about me. But when you see that, what's your first instinct as a parent? You, you just want to hold your kid, right? You can't take the pain away, but you, you just want to hold them. And in the same way, God is there for us. In our deepest sorrows, in our deepest pains, he's there. And, and he promises resurrection. And it, even in the things that are unexpected, the things that are tragic, the things that are painful, there's a promise that goes beyond this life. And the promise that goes beyond this life is eternal. It's resurrection power. And um, I want to read Song of, so Song of Songs, um, chapter 2, 11 through 12. Uh, this is, I believe this is a prophetic voice to where we are as a church and where our community is. Let's read this uh, together at the count of three. One, two, three. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, and the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. Let's read that one more time. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. Now, a lot of times, or all the time, whenever there's a switch from winter to spring, well, we don't have those in, in Hawaii. It's always sunshine in the rainbow state. Is that, are we called the rainbow state? Is that what we're called? The sunshine state? We're, we're the valley isle, but I think we're the rainbow state. I don't know. Sunshine state? Or, I don't know. We're, we're, we're the most beautiful state. But, and we don't, have, we don't have seasons. But the seasons don't change in an instant. What you see is sprouts of life. You see, the, you see the ice melting. You see the trees that lost all of their leaves slowly come to bloom again. And, but the season has changed. And, and I believe that, that we're exiting that season of winter and spring is here. New life is here. Uh, where there's mourning, there will be dancing. Where there's pain, there will be healing. And in these seasons, God has called us to worship. In our pain, and anybody can worship God when everything's going good. Amen? It's easy to worship God when everything's going good. But true worship is when we can worship God in our pain, when we can worship God in our confusion, when we can worship God in our suffering. That is true worship. And, and when God sees someone who is going through those things and in their doubt and in their suffering, in their pain, they can say that they trust the Lord. 
That was the model that Jesus set for us, that when he was on the cross and in the midst of his suffering, instead of focusing on his suffering and focusing on his pain, he looked at the people who were inflicting the pain and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he looked at the father who he knew had all the power to change the situation, and he looked at his father and he said, I trust you, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that was true worship. Amen? I want to encourage us this morning. We're going, to, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to hear several testimonies of the faithfulness of God during, uh, during the past two years of COVID. And then we're going, to, um, we're going to worship. Because personally, I've had the greatest uh, healings in my life, the greatest encounters of my life when I have sacrificed and worshiped God even in my doubt. And so I want to give an opportunity for our congregation on this Easter Sunday morning to give our best sacrifice of praise to the Lord. How many of you want to give your best this morning? Oh, that's, that's weak. <laughs> How many of you want to give your best this morning? Okay, let's do this. I'm going to say, he is risen, and then you respond by, he is risen indeed. Okay, he is risen. He is risen. He is risen Amen. God, we just thank you, Lord, for this morning. The worship team can come up. Um, God, we just thank you for this morning. We oh, no, no, no. We're not doing that. Sorry. God, I'm going to pray after. So we're going we're gonna to watch a video. I'm, I'm preaching too long. Sorry. We're going to sh show the first video, and this is of the Hearn family and how God turned uh, their situation of, of brokenness into blessing. sense of worry at times and um, especially when we made the decision of me transitioning into a new career at that time and starting your own business you, you don't really have the income and when the pandemic hit we weren't quite prepared we saw that part of God's plan unfolding for Leah to change careers and then to join the staff at Grace Bible Church was a huge blessing what we didn't necessarily expect was that, that I wouldn't be working any longer I was used to steady paychecks, regular income, and suddenly we had none. We had to draw in closer to the Lord, and we really had to put our faith you know, into action, into words, and, and trust in Him, believe in Him, surrender to Him, um, and let Him show us and lead us and guide us. When I gave my life to Christ in 2018, I feel that was a time of preparation. At that time, I was curious, I was so hungry for the Lord, and so I I tried to stay in, in the Word and connected with in a small group. That walk helped me and reminded me that He's always with us. So I never really felt a sense of hopelessness, but more of a sense of hope. Yeah, looking back now, we know that the Lord was working through it the entire time. Uh, we may not have s saw it initially, but the Lord was working through it uh, and had a plan. I felt like He always reminded us, you know, we, I got you, I got you. I feel the shutdown of our state drew us closer as a family. Yeah, it brought the whole family closer together. I mean, quite frankly, for a while there, we didn't have anything to do. We didn't have jobs. So, I mean, we really drew in to the Lord and, and came together as a family. And we established some new habits as a family, godly habits. Yeah, and I think the Lord was slowly re revealing to us His plans for us. As we continued to be surrendered, doors would open and things would happen. 
And I think it's when you come to the end of yourself and when you surrender and you give it up, and you're like, Lord, it's all on you. Like, give it up. He'll move. It'll happen. We, we were abundantly blessed. You know, when you put your trust in the Lord, He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Nisi. He provides. He covers you. There's a peace and a freedom in knowing that every word of God, every promise is true. Sometimes you just have to get yourself out of the way and stay in prayer and come close to the Lord. God's timing is perfect always. And no matter how how hard the situation looks and sometimes you cannot even fathom. Okay, sorry. Okay. Yes, he's our healer and our provider and he won't forsake us. He won't let go of us. He hears your prayers, he sees you, he knows you. He knows what you need before you do. So just looking back and seeing how God's hand just protected us and provided for us, and it's you know really shaped who we are. Today. Yes, reshaped our family, reshaped our schedules. For something that you would think would be complete despair and brokenness, and actually is used for an amazing blessing and a change in us and a change in our lives. Amen. One of the things that we value here at Grace Bible Church is uh, that, that we are a church that has no need. And if you have a need this morning, there's a connect card that you can write down, uh, you know, what your need is, and uh, someone will get in touch with you and make sure that your needs are met. Um, we're going to, one of the things that, that God has done, just we've seen amazing stories of provision from people that lost their jobs and God, you know, provided for them in amazing ways. Uh, I've I've seen the, the blessing of God in my own life this past year in ways that I just can't imagine, and uh, so much so that um, God put it on my heart to, to do everything that I do voluntarily so I don't take a salary from this church. Um, everything is done completely free because God has blessed my life in a way that um, I don't deserve. And, um, and what I want to do this morning is um, I want to pray for anybody because the body is large and there's people here who have more than enough people that are might have family members or you yourself might uh, be struggling um, we want to pray that God will provide for your needs and so um, could we all stand and I just want to um, I want to pray for for those that uh, are in a place that they need Jehovah Jireh the provider to to meet you where you're at and then we're going to enter into so uh, if that's you if, if you just need God to show himself real as Jehovah Jireh, the provider in your life or in the life of someone that you love, could you just raise your hand? And we as a body are going to pray for you this morning. Um, can, okay, that's good. Anyone else? All right, let's pray. So you guys see the hands that are up? Um, let's, let's lift these up. These are our brothers and sisters. God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are a provider. You are not governed by the the supply of this world, but you, you supernaturally uh, meet the needs of your children. And you say that if we ask for anything in your name, two or more are gathered and you, we ask for anything in your name, that it will be given. So God, we just thank you that through the cross and through what Jesus Christ did, Lord, that you have poured out blessing on humanity. And God, we pray specifically for those that have their hands raised this morning, that you would show yourself strong, that you would show yourself faithful, and God, we just thank you that you are our provider. The government is not our provider. The, 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 our employers aren't even our providers. People in our lives are not our providers. You alone, God, are our provider. And we declare that this morning. 
and we release your provision on your, on your children, on your kids this morning. We thank you for your blessings in Jesus' name. And I just want to encourage you this morning, uh, even if you're in a place of need, worship God in the place of your need because as you worship, it's a prophetic act that you pull blessing from heaven into your life as you declare the goodness of God and as you pray in faith, as you praise in faith. So let's worship the Lord together. In the midst of suffering and trials, Lord, you are good. You can have a seat this morning. This is different than a normal church service. We're kind of being Catholic this morning. We'll stand and rise and stand and rise. How many of you can say that God is good? You know that God is good. And this is the dichotomy of the Christian faith is that we don't ignore pain. There, in, the in the resurrection and Easter, it can only happen, the glory of the resurrection can only happen through the valley of suffering. And we're not ignorant to suffering, right? How many of you have suffered in your life, experienced suffering? And, and we're not ignorant of that. Um, my family, we've been praying um, for uh, Jarrett that we've been uh, giving to in Ukraine, and uh, thank you for your giving um, to that. But we've been praying that God would bring him back to his family because he left his wife and his two small daughters uh, to, go, uh, to go help that church in Ukraine. And so I've been praying, we, as a family, we've been praying for him. And this morning, uh, I get an email that shows him uh, surprising his two daughters coming home on Easter. And so she, the two daughters are uh, sitting down on a the couch, they're watching TV, the, the wife is videotaping, and he comes from behind them and he touches their shoulders, and they turn around and their faces just light up and they're like, Dad! And they like jump off the couch and then they're like grabbing him, and they're like, Dad, you're home, you're home, you're supposed to come tomorrow. And he said, I wanted to surprise you guys. And, and they, they're, they're so like overwhelmed that their dad was there, and then they're like, can we sleep with you tonight? Can we sleep in your bed? <laughs> and I was looking at that, and it's so crazy that I'm, I'm looking at that, and two nights before, I'm sitting with another family who just lost their father and will never see their father again. They're both godly men, both love the Lord, and in, in total separate places. But in, in, in both situations, the hope that both families have is that this life is not the end. That the pain and the suffering and the, everything that we're going through in this world, in this life, is not the end. Because he promises an eternity with him. And so no matter how bad things get, and, and this next story that we're going to watch is by Mike Tom. Mike Tom, he sits back there in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed. He was my roommate in college. And... Um, and I wasn't the best roommate. I, can I, was, I always was playing pranks on him and stuff, and he can tell you like what an idiot I was when I was in college. But um, he's one of my heroes in the faith. Uh, he's gone through pain that you, that you would never know about when you just see him on Sunday morning. But he, he was an athlete in high school, got paralyzed when he uh, went bodyboarding uh, at Baldwin Beach uh, in college. Doctors told him he could never walk again. He could have walked away from the Lord, but instead of walking away from the Lord, he, he trusted God even more. It didn't make him bitter, it made him better. And he said, I believe there's a grace on my life, and, and God reeled me in 
and I would rather be in this wheelchair and close to the Lord than have my legs and be far from him. And, and later on, he got married, beautiful wife, and she died of cancer. And a lot of people don't know that. But he was married in, as a handicapped person. His wife dies of cancer, and he still worships the Lord. And then he has kidney problems, and then while he's having kidney problems and he's at risk during COVID, he makes the opportunity, he makes the effort to come to church. And I remember the first time he came to church and I, I was like, are you sure you want to be here? You're, you're at risk. And he goes, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't, there's nothing in this life that scares me anymore. All the bad things that could have happened has already happened and I'm completely surrendered to the Lord. And I look at a guy like that, and I'm like, my problems are nothing. <laughs> like, this is a superhero of the faith. And I'll, I'll let you share his story this morning. Um, being lockdowns, um, having mandates, um, being isolated, um, I think that was a very difficult and time of shaking and I guess what really made it difficult is that the things that we once considered to be pillars in our society, pillars that we relied on, things that we turned to when things got difficult failed us and I feel like that put everyone in a place where they were searching. Still I always had my foundation in God. Um, I knew that God was always in control and that in the end Jesus had already won the battle for us. So at the same time, seeing things around us, how things were covered by the media, um, people, how people were affected by it, um, the division that was caused by it was still a very difficult time. I saw how COVID affected people around me. And I know that if it weren't for my belief in God, He was the one that gave me strength and he gave me an understanding and knowledge that everything was going to be okay. We were going to make it through, and in the end, it was going to be good. One of the promises that always came to me, that has kind of followed me um, all throughout my life after my accident, is that um, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. No matter how much I love and I appreciate all the blessings and the place that God has placed me in, you know, life can get really challenging. And I know that we're just visitors. We're just journeying through this world. This is not our home. And I know that there's a place where we will get to spend eternity with God. Going through this COVID time has really helped me to see how short life really is. I think had people been talking about end times, people would think you're crazy, like things would, how could, you know, things be turning inside and out? How could we be turning and trying to find someone that we consider to be a savior? But if you see what happened now, the idea of the end times becomes much more real. I think knowing that and knowing what God has in store for us can be challenging, but it also can be a, a sense of comfort as well. You must keep your focus on God. The lessons we learned through COVID 
is you can look at the craziness around you or you can keep your focus on God. And part of that is for my worship, I've learned to kind of listen to praise music. Music helps me to come into the presence of God. One of the songs that um, I pray pretty, uh, I listen to pretty regularly is um, a song by Phil Wickham and it's called The Battle Belongs. And there's a line in there that I kind of paraphrase and I think it's very relevant for this celebration today of Easter. If you're focused on the cross, and I don't mean that we dismiss the cross, um, I'm very much aware of the sacrifice, the pain that Jesus went through in order to um, realign that relationship or make that relationship even possible with God. But if we stay focused on the cross, we're gonna miss out really on the empty tomb. So whatever it is that you're going through at this time, that dark time, I encourage you to seek the Lord, whatever that means to you. Another promise that has helped me through these difficult times is that we may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And one thing that came to me this morning, um, the more we seek God, we can even find joy in the darkness. Amen. Joy in the darkness. It's a concept and it's a promise, uh, promise that God gives every single one of us. Let's read this scripture together before we enter into worship again. Romans 8, 11. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The greatest thing. The greatest thing, the greatest miracle is not answers to prayer that God would do this or God would do that, but it's that God revealed himself through his son and showed us how much he loved us. It's that assurance of his love that gives us the strength to be called more than conquerors, even in our suffering, even in our pain. We serve a God who has conquered everything. And we might not see it, everything the way that we want right now, but everything he will make perfect in time. He will make all things new. We serve a God of resurrection power, amen. I wanna invite you to stand. We're gonna sing this song. It's called A Thousand Hallelujahs. And I want you to consider yourself as a part of a choir. There have been people that have sat in your seat that are no longer here. But thousands of hallelujahs have been sung in this place decades before you are here and will be sung decades after you're gone. But God has given you breath in your lungs. and the ability to worship him 
today. And even if you are in pain, the praise that you decide to give is that much more valuable. It's a sacrifice that God knows. He sees where you are. He sees every doubt, every fear, every hurt. And when you worship God in your pain, it is a sacrifice that's pleasing to him. And he will meet you and he will heal you as you sing in faith and declare the goodness of God. Let's sing together. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. God, that your presence is here. And God, that you're a God of resurrection power. We praise you and love you in Jesus' name. You can be seated. The last story that we have this morning is uh, from the shortest person on our worship team. <laughs> I just, Janice Miyashiro. Janice, could you raise your hand? How many of you appreciate Janice? Um, I love Janice. She's, uh, she's grown up in our churches, um, uh, babysat my kids, and uh, amazing person. Um, one of the major things that has, so we, we went through, you know, how COVID has affected people's provisions in the first testimony and the second story, uh, how we can turn our suffering into praise and, and, and worship the Lord, even in our pain and suffering. Um, one of the things that, that really has wreaked havoc on, on many people uh, in the past couple years is, is just the disagreements and strong opinions and the, the different things that have ripped relationships apart. How many of you have experienced relational tension because of COVID, whether it's masks or vaccines or whatever? How many of you have, have uh, experienced that? Oh, this is church. You can be honest. You don't have, how many have experienced relational tension during COVID? Yeah. Um, it's so sad. One of, like I was talking to uh, the wife of Chris, who passed away while he was running, and she said that uh, his sister didn't want to see him because he wasn't vaccinated, and it now she'll never see him again. Um, I take that back. She's, I believe she's saved, and one day they will see each other again, but just not on this side of heaven. God is a God who restores and heals not just physical relation, physical problems, but emotional, mental, spiritual. He is our healer. Everyone say, Jesus is my healer. Jesus is our healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. And one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to uh, close with this testimony, or I want to close with this testimony, is it showed that God restored the brokenness of relationship. And wherever you are this morning, if you've experienced that, God can heal those things. He is a God that heals. Time does not heal all wounds. God heals all wounds. And if we come to God as our healer and look to him as our healer and trust that he can restore the things that have been lost, he can restore those things. So let's, um, let's watch this together. 
I grew up in Grace Bible, and around the age of 11, Auntie Susan scooped me up and plopped me onto the worship team as a trumpet player. And from then on, I served on the worship team and in ministry, and then I also served in uh, the youth ministry for a very long time. And in 2013, um, I left to start another church. So in June of 2020, my world basically fell apart. I was betrayed by those in the top tiers of ministry and my heart was broken. They were my best friends. We laughed and we cried together. We ran with God together and truly did life together. And they were my chosen family. I was mistreated and wrongfully judged and accused of saying and doing things that are not in my nature and so out of character for me. My character, my integrity, my honor, um, my loyalty were put into question um, by those closest to me. I felt like it was no longer a safe place for me to be, but I knew that I could no longer be a part of that ministry. And I felt a peace about leaving and I knew that God's hand was over that decision. In that season, I, I had stopped listening to worship music uh, because it came back with a lot of memories and it hurt too, too much. And for the first time in nearly 30 years of knowing Jesus and serving in ministry, even having been a licensed pastor, I was done. I was tempted to walk away from God. Uh, I stopped going to church and I was done with the church people. But then about six months later, God basically reprimanded me and he told me to stop fooling and get my butt back into church. God highlighted Song of Songs 2.11 to me. And it says, Behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. Everything you've been through, the hurt, the betrayal, the pain is over and gone. And the flowers are springing up New life, rebirth is happening inside of you, and your time of singing has come. No more sorrow, no more sadness, but a new song, a new voice, your voice has come. I walked through the doors of GBC one Sunday. After Pastor John had found out that I left the other ministry, he asked why didn't I just come back? Uh, and I told him that the thought never even crossed my mind. And for me, I was dealing with a little bit of shame. I felt like a failure and I had this imagery of me walking through those double doors and with my head down and tail between my legs. And, and John said that because I'm like a missionary, it was like GBC is my, my launching pad and God may call me out again, but this is home base. I felt God say that this is a place where I can just be and heal in this safe space. When I came back, I had no desire uh, to serve in ministry again, especially on the worship team. John had asked Lexi to reach out to me. And in talking with her, she said um, something that's stuck with me. When you do what God has called you to do and in ministering to people in the process brings healing to you as well. And I share all of that just to say this and to remind those who need it it's people who hurt you and not God. Often the most 
trying times are the most beneficial to our Christian growth. The scriptures are filled with trials. All the glories came out of hard times. Let the fire burn because it will do us good. And I'm here to remind you that this is not the end. This thing will not take you out. Your God loves you. He sees you. He hears you and he is with you. Amen. Can we, why don't we all stand and we're going to declare the goodness of God. How many of you can say that God has been good? That we, we serve a God. In the world, we will have trials, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Let us declare his goodness as we are coming to a close this morning was to redeem us to himself. And I just want to give an opportunity with every eye closed and head bowed this morning. If you're in a place where you have heard of the goodness of God and you've seen the testimonies and you, you want to receive or you want to walk with the Lord and receive him into your life, would you just raise your hand this morning as an act of surrender? As this song said, I'm surrendering my life. Would you just lift your hand this morning? Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. Is anyone else? As a church body, let's, let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You are my healer. And you are my savior. I receive you into my heart. I repent of my sin and I ask you to forgive me and come into my life. Help me to hear your voice and to trust you even in the pain. Heal the parts of my heart that need healing. I make a decision that in the same way you have forgiven me, that I will extend forgiveness to those who have hurt me. I release those who have hurt me in Jesus' name. Now let your peace that passes understanding fill my heart and my life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 If you said that prayer for the first time, this is your first step in your walk with the Lord. He is a good God, and his goodness will chase you down. We're testaments of that, that when you walk with the Lord, you don't have to go searching after goodness. You don't go have to searching after blessing, but his goodness will run after you. His goodness will apprehend your life as you surrender daily to him. Amen? Amen. Let's give him a hand this morning. <laughs>